Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the balance of freedom and discipline. As most of you know, Sam has a pretty killer blog. Thank you. And whenever anybody writes in or more than just one person writes in and says, you need to do an episode on your podcast about this blog. Uh, we do listen to that. Yep. Um, we're not randomly fishing for material, I, I promise. <laughs> um, but this one, I, I believe you had four or five people reach out about this. And I it did. Was the, if, you're, if you want to be looking for it, I'll try to link it in our fireside uh, thing. But it is the one that came out on August 6th. If you're listening, not in 2018. It was posted in 2018. <laughs> and it is on discipline. Yes. Um, I'm calling this uh, this podcast The Balance of Freedom and Discipline just because those two um, dynamics are mentioned quite often and interchanging. And it's, it's, it's cool because in the beginning of the blog, they really start as like protagonists to one another. Yeah. And then like... Wait, what, 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 what's the bad one? The antagonist is the yes, bad one. Yeah. Yeah, they both start as antagonists and you're the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, they're both coming at you like, I need discipline. No, I need freedom. I need this. And you kind of realize as we'll get into, like, this together, these might actually work together. Right. So, we're going to unpack that a bit. And by we, I mean, this is going to be a weird episode because I'm actually going to interview Sam. We normally make a little bit of an agenda, just like, hey, this will kind of keep us on track so Matt doesn't go off talking about, like, tiny giraffes or something like that <laughs> in, like, tiny the 38-minute mark. I don't know. I and um, But Sam has no idea of these questions. I've written no them idea. down, and um, he only knows the last point. So <laughs> this is completely off the cuff, and it'll primarily be... Uh, Primarily be Sam talking, and then I'll just be monitoring him for time. So, yes, you ready, Sam? Let's uh, let's give this a go. Let's give this a go. Okay, cool. So, per your blog, unpack the balance of freedom and discipline from a childish perspective. So, an adult, not like a child, but like adult who could possibly be acting quote unquote childish. Gotcha. Okay, let me see if I can unpack that idea because I did write about it, so I should be able to unpack it. Perfect. Uh, to me, becoming an adult is really hard or can be really hard. And essentially to me, being an adult is being someone who faces reality and acknowledges that life is difficult and that there are things you have to do, I'll say have to do, I will use that word, in life um, in order to become a whole and happy human. And for a lot of my life, you know, I'm 30, so probably up until, I don't know, well, it probably started when I was 25, um, I really still acted like a child. And by that... I meant that 
when things would happen to me in life, when I would get sad or something wouldn't go up my way, I essentially would act like a child. Instead of having the discipline um, of an adult, which would be to view the situation, take responsibility for it, acknowledge that either I did something to cause this thing to happen or that the other side is a lot of life is out of our control and we have to accept that. And until we are able to have the discipline to me in our lives of acknowledging the things we do, the choices we do, and acknowledge that usually when we act like a child, um, it's a direct response to some unresolved hurt or pain Hmm. uh, in our past that we haven't dealt with. So for me... You know, I I struggled a lot with um, I struggled a lot with indecisiveness, um, and it's still something I I work on and I've gotten really good at. But that goes back to um, for some reason as a child, or not for some reason, the way I was you know raised. And this just isn't, isn't pointing to parents; it's pointing to my my town I was raised in, the school I went to, religious upbringing, like. It, it raised me to be someone who struggled to make choices because I always felt like if I made a choice to do one thing, I was missing out on the other thing. So like FOMO hmm. at its core. And this created you know, an indecisive lifestyle for me, and that is not good to have when you're getting married and trying to start your own business because you lack clarity on everything of like, should I get up at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m.? Do I need to eat pizza or should I eat a salad? Should I go out with my friends or should I work on, in the studio? Should I take this project or that project? And to me, it just always points back to me as a child feeling often left out or that I didn't have a place because I've always kind of been more, um, I'll say, more of an artist type or creative type. Um, and I don't want to s- label creative as just someone who makes music or like paints because I think everyone's mm. creative. Um, but in the way and the context, most people think of the word creative. I've always been that way since I was a kid and it's always kind of put me in this weird place of like, I'm not sure where I belong um, in school. I'm not sure where I belong with how I was raised religiously. I'm not really sure where I belong in any of these things. And so that created this kind of fear of like, I don't know where I belong and I have a hard time making choices because I don't want to miss out on something. And I felt like because of the way I was wired, that the choices I was making or I were making um, often isolated myself. And in reality, I just hadn't found where I fit in. And I also wasn't old enough yet to realize that you can be yourself and accept yourself and you don't have to. Um, you don't have to fall in line essentially and be a people pleaser, if that makes sense. Um, so, were you saying yes too much to like a lot of things, or were you just like kind of staying out of things, like not knowing where to go? I didn't. I would say <coughs> yes to a lot of things because I was people pleaser for sure within this, mm-hmm. which is a part of discipline of learning to say no is one of the biggest disciplines in life and the most 
beautiful gift we're given is the ability to say no to things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would always say yes, or the choice would be made for me from either parents or the organizations or religious organizations I was part of. You know, just this is, you know, very much a mentality of this is what you do. And yeah. if you don't do this, then you don't belong. So hmm. as a kid and, you know, junior high, high school, and even in college, I very much wanted approval and I wanted to be accepted because I'd spent most of my life up until I really started to dive into music um, feeling like a child who was lost or misdisplaced, you know. And I don't want that to hmm. sound like overly dramatic. I wasn't like a refugee child. <laughs> I had like a very, uh, I'll say, nice upbringing and was raised uh, with great parents. But, you know, for a kid who always kind of feels like sports really wasn't my thing, I always was trying to do music or I liked painting, I liked making stories. I used to sit in my room and just like create these stories all day long about characters and animals and things. And, you know, it's just, it, it led me to a place where I never felt like I, I really belonged. And so the indecisiveness I think stems from, uh, from that. And so Hmm. being an adult to me is about making choices, um, and being confident in those choices. And, there's something very powerful about being confident in yourself and having that discipline of making choices yourself because we live in a society that is so dictated by, you know, FOMO or the fear of missing out or by what everyone else is doing, especially in Nashville. Like I probably get invited to like four or five things a week and it would be actually, that sounds like a nightmare now to go to all those things, (laughs) but you know, it's really easy to feel like I need to say yes to everything. And if I say no, there's always that little voice. Well, it's not very loud anymore, but it used to be like, oh, if you don't show up, then maybe you'll miss out on work or like you'll miss out on opportunities or, um, you know, you'll lose friends or people, something cool might happen and you might miss that. And then my thought was, well, if I go out, then I'm leaving my wife. And now if I leave my wife now, you know, I'm missing out on time with her and I just worked all day. And so there was very much this this kind of situation in my life where I needed to become an adult and learn the discipline of making choices. And I needed to become an adult that looked back at, you know, my childhood hurts and pains and, and not just childhood. I took them all the way up until I was, you know, even now I'm still working through things that have happened to me, which I think everybody, if you look at the the things in your life, the things that, um, that are a struggle for you, be it, it could be food, it could be your fitness, your health relationships, you know, jobs, um, starting a business, doing music, the things that we keep circling back to, um, to try and comfort us that really don't help us almost always point somewhere in our lives to something that happened to us. And it's, it's something that we have to, to acknowledge that happened to us and then figure out how we want to try and heal from that. And there's a bunch of different ways to do that. But those are my opening remarks on that idea. Does that so, kind of make sense? So check this out. So yeah. This didn't even dawn on me. Okay. This is like, this is straight up like a Sigmund Freud session. Here we go. Like, 
I, I don't have the reclined couch, but I was like, I'm like, I'm going to say that I'm overly or was overly a yes person. I still have a problem saying no. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell does that stem from? Like, <laughs> like, why do I say yes so much? And then I remembered back to when I was in college, I would be asked by a group of friends, hey, you want to come over and hang out tonight and do this? And it was just like getting just absolutely blitzed, plastered. Right, right. And it's the whole thing like, there, like you'd be blacked out, and there would be pictures, and you'd be like, "I don't remember doing that. I probably shouldn't be that person." But then you're back over there the next night, just right. getting blitzed. Yep. And um, that was fun until a certain point, and then for whatever reason, I was like, "No, I got to do this, or I have to do this, or I have to do this." And after a while of doing that, I completely lost that friend base, which was pretty much all of my friends, and. I'm an introvert, so it almost yeah, didn't matter. Right. <laughs> but I'd kind of lost that, and I'd be like, I, I eventually asked, I said, so why, how come I don't get invited to do anything anymore? Like, well, they're like, well, you kept saying no. Yeah. And you kept on didn't want to hang out, so we just stopped asking. And so I guess that started a process of me always saying yes to things. Right, yeah. Because I didn't want to not be asked to do something. Yeah. Which was very strange. And like, this is like all happening like in my head right now. Like, all <laughs> of these like mental synapses in my brain are finally like, are finally connecting. There we go. And then that went into college where I did way too much and my grades suffered, but whatever. And then <laughs> who needs a degree anyway? And then, uh, I moved to Hilton Head and started doing stuff for two churches because I can't say no. <laughs> and I way overcommitted myself probably for about two years. Um, not that I didn't enjoy doing stuff. I really enjoyed doing stuff, but I had an inability to say no. Yeah. And I think that's all where it stemmed from. Yeah. Is I want to be asked if I want to do something. Right. To volunteer, to run sound, to do whatever, which is all really cool experiences and exactly. stuff like that. Yep. But I want to also be able to have the ability to say no without having to face the repercussion of not being asked again. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working that out. Probably by the time this posts, I still won't have it figured out. But yeah. I'm gonna be, that's going to be bugging me the rest of the night. <laughs> Dang. Enjoy. Yeah, so that's an interesting, quote-unquote, childish perspective because with me, there was absolutely no discipline there at all it was just yes and right. hey do you want to go and do this or do you are you free to do this next six months of services right which commits you to all this stuff and finally my wife's like bro you gotta she doesn't call me bro she's <laughs> bro. like you gotta like you gotta like stop saying yes to so much stuff I mean we have like a little kid and stuff like that right. it was actually before Emery came along um, but it's like you know when he's around you're gonna need to like be around him and I'm like yeah and I was, I'm like having like this guilt trip and she, she was not meaning to do that right but it's like me being like I need to be like a present dad like I will not be like off gallivanting with friends all the time and stuff right. like I will have friends but I won't like yeah so damn this turned into a psychology session really quick <laughs> this is question one Sam <laughs> enjoy enjoy man I all mean, right that's, what do I... that's the whole point of this is to to talk about life <laughs> So can we agree in both scenarios, yours and mine, that there was a 
a lack of discipline or a resistance to have some type of discipline. Yeah, there was, and, you know, I'm always so gracious, and that's what I want everybody to hear this podcast. When we talk about discipline, you have to be gracious to yourself because I was a kid, you know, and you're a kid, or, or you were in college, and I was in college, and... There's, you know... We still are kids. Yeah, we still are kids. I'm 30. I don't... The only thing I've learned is I don't really know anything. That's about the only wisdom I have so far. And, like, I think that's that's the thing is, like, it's okay to have these experiences, but it's important, you know, discipline to me helps me realize that the way I function, the way I do, and the good things and the bad things in my life, like, it helps me... It helps me see that uh, the, the things I'm trying to heal from, I often uh, try to heal from them by doing things that don't actually benefit benefit me. And it's just, it's a learning curve, you know? Like, we all carry around these things, and it's important that we see them and acknowledge them, but it's also important that we're super gracious with ourselves and that... You know, we're every everybody's a human and nobody's perfect, and so mm-hmm. we get, you know, life is life because of all the ups and downs to me, and like it's it's real because we have the ability to change and heal and grow, and make choices and have disciplines. So, I just you know before we move on to question two, like with all this, like you always have to be gracious and and not be bitter about it. Like I don't, I struggled a lot, you know, with bitterness for a long time against people or things my parents may have done to me and um, and once again my parents are lovely people and mm-hmm. I'm sure when I'm a parent I'm going to do things to my kid <laughs> well hopefully I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm sure I will make choices that 10 years later I'll go like oh that probably wasn't the best thing to do with my child you know and that's mm-hmm. just that's part of life and um, you know it's it's all a part of it and it's all good and it's all li- you know, allows us to teach or allows us to learn and grow and expand and, mm. and, you know, have, be able to move forward. I think the big thing with, with all of this is like, not, don't get bitter and be gracious about it. So I just wanted to say that little tidbit before we move on to question two. Or no, that's great. Two, whatever you got written down. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of alluded it to, I kind of alluded to it already and I don't, I don't think it's been answered, but why do you think that we resist discipline for what we believe is freedom? I feel like for me, I resist discipline because it's easier to give in to, I'll call it temptation. And the word temptation to me has, you know, we can use it here in a context that has nothing to do with any sort of religion or spirituality, but just things Mm -hmm. that we use, maybe vices is the better word, or things we use to soothe ourselves because... Um, we're raised in such a society, I feel like currently, that is raising us to not understand the value of uh, of pain, you know? And that doesn't mean we have to suffer, but there is, you know, for there to be good, there kind of has to be bad to me, and for there to be life, there has to be death. And hmm. these things have weight only because they have counterparts to me. And so... Um, I think we resist discipline because it's just easier for our brains to go back to a pattern that's, that essentially puts a Band-Aid over, you know, a big bullet hole. 
and eventually you either run out of band-aids or the band-aid doesn't you know keep you from from bleeding out and like I think for me when I resist discipline it's always pointing to like I'm tired or I'm hungry or I feel lonely usually those mm-hmm. are like my three things and that's very common for a lot of people like if I'm hungry if I'm tired I'm usually hungry if I'm tired and hungry it's usually because I've been working alone all day so I feel lonely <laughs> so it's like this trifecta like the holy trinity of uh, everything in me then goes like, okay, I just like would love to eat a pizza, have like three cocktails, get buzzed, watch a TV show, and then go to bed. And that's not actually the solution, but it's it very, sounds lovely. I know it sounds lovely, and there are times where I do that because it's great. But on the day to day, that type of pattern behavior isn't really addressing the core need and desire, mm-hmm. which to me, if I'm extra tired, extra hungry, and feeling lonely, I can see it now to where like, okay, I probably didn't eat correctly. I didn't take enough breaks because I thought I had to rush through work or get, you know, I had to, I had to get this album done today when in reality, I make my own freaking schedule. Like, mm. <laughs> I didn't have to get it done necessarily today. Um, and there's so many times in the music industry where things change that have nothing to do with me and then my response is, oh, well, now this is my problem. And it's really usually not. Um, mm-hmm. But I make it my problem because, once again, I have a fear of, I, not so much anymore, but the, the childish response is, oh, I'm scared they may go work with someone else or not be friends with me anymore, which is such a childish thing to think because we're, mm-hmm. we're in a business with clients and they like my work and I like them, like, it's probably never going to happen, and that's never happened to me. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, we we often never try to resolve the actual thing. So for me, like, I need to be eating on a schedule, and I have it in my calendar, so I actually eat, um, which is a discipline. <laughs> and then I go to bed at a certain time, so I try not mm. to get tired. And then I purposely try to schedule... Like, I mean, you know, Matt, like Wednesday night is date night with my wife, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been married almost eight years and we still try to go out every week because that's yeah. important. Not, And it's important because she's like my best friend. So like, I like hanging out with my wife and that's mm-hmm. something that, um, you know, when you have friends, you want to hang out with them. So I like scheduling time with her because she's fun to hang out with and, Mm-hmm. She also loves me, so that's nice. That's good. <laughs> so that's a good thing. But I schedule usually like another hang I try to every week with someone else, you know, in my life so I can have proper healthy relationships and not end up becoming best friends with my gear and speakers in my room, you know, because <laughs> that is not a healthy place to be. So I think to me that's, you know, we resist the discipline because it requires, it's kind of interesting, it requires the discipline to schedule things. And that, that's how it is for me. Like the way I solved my giving into temptation, which would be like eat really crappy, stay up late, drink too much alcohol, neglect relationships, and just like work my ass off. Mm-hmm. Like the way I solved that was by putting in disciplines in my calendar of like, I'm going to eat you know, three meals a day at least. And I'm going to go to bed at 10 p.m. ish. 
and I'm going to wake up at like 6 to 7 a.m. ish and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm doing all these things. And this has been a long journey. This wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to become a different person tomorrow. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. This has been like eight, eight years of working at this. And there's still days where I'm like, ah, freak. I just want to sleep in. And there are days when I do sleep in. And that's fine. You know, we all need we all need a break and rest. But to me, to wrap up this question, like I think we resist the discipline because it's just freaking hard. It requires change, and often that change requires us to give up things or to give up people, toxic situations. And often those are things we are not equipped to really handle well. Um, And that's just kind of how a lot of people are raised. We're not, I feel like I look back at my education between like, you know, I went all the way, got my degree in college. I was never really taught like how to handle real life, I feel like, Um, Mm -hmm. and how to deal with like emotions and feelings. And I feel like unless you had like a psychology degree or, you know, something like that, you really aren't taught a whole lot on how to, how to deal with life and the existential, um, thoughts of basically I'm here. What am I doing? <laughs> you know? In case you're curious, <laughs> I have a psychology degree and a philosophy minor. There we go. And it just makes it more confusing. <laughs> See, the grass is always greener. Specifically, <laughs> Uh, with the concentration behaviorism. Yeah. So I specifically do not know what I or you are doing. <laughs> Excellent. I'm always questioning it, and I have no idea. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. So that's that's my strictly my opinion and thoughts just based on experience of, you know, resisting the discipline only makes things worse. The sooner you acknowledge that you need to make some changes and start to implement them, the better and easier life gets. Um, and, and the goal of life, too, isn't to have an easy life. That seems boring to me. Um, yeah. I think if you can, you know, and I talk about this in the blog, and I, if I'm stepping on another question, you can stop me, but there's, there's joy in discipline, and that's where the freedom comes in of discipline and, and in rituals and routine because once you start doing these things, you start taking care of yourself and it frees up your mind to focus on the present a lot more than always kind of worrying if you're missing out or if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing or whatever that even means to you. And we'll touch on that yeah. in another question. Great. So that's <laughs> question two. I'm going to book Yeah, so it. we have like, we have, there's like a natural <laughs> flow here. Great. Um, but a quick caveat, it's like I went to a military school or college with a lot of discipline. Yeah. I was a psychology major and philosophy minor, specifically in the field of behaviorism. Yeah. And I have, like, it gives you, like, it, it's the whole thing, like, the more you know, the less you know. Yes. Type thing. Like, you know the basics of a compressor, and then it's like, well, is it an optical, a variable mu, a right. FET? Like, and then right. it's like, wait, what? Um, so, yeah, and, and the absolute less you know with that. Um, I'd say when I got married, I was a little bit more disciplined. Excuse me, my wife has her own business, and, um, 
it allowed each one of us to have a little bit crazy of schedules because we understood that about yeah. each other. Yeah. And that was fine. Uh, and while we were uh, just married, we did like a lot of date nights and stuff like that. And we'd go to a lot of, um, we go to like a lot of like before you're a parent type things, like when she was pregnant. And they'd be like, make sure you're doing date night. Make sure you're doing date night. A lot of people were like, yeah, we don't do that enough. I'm like, what are you talking about? We try to do like three or four a week. Like we're yeah. always hanging out. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'd say once I was a dad, I became more disciplined. I'm still learning it. Like I do not have a regimen at all. And it will be probably be a long time before I figure it out. Um, but I, I feel like the reason why I do it now is – um, I want to respect my wife and her time and her as my wife. And uh, I like I have this fear of being a shitty dad. Yeah. But I also have this fear that I don't want to be that parent that's like a helicopter parent. Like our kid fell down the other day and was just like, so get up. And like every time he falls <laughs> down, I'm like, get up, get up. Come on, keep going. Right. Get up. And it's just like. But like, I, I want to be present, but I don't want to like hover over like every little thing of his life. And it's like I want him to get hurt, and I want him to like experience life. Right. And it's like today, like right before I went into a meeting at my other job, uh, my wife was supposed to be in on the call. She handles a lot of our like deep finances. Yeah. Uh, I got a call. She's like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make the meeting. Emery got into this big old thing of Dawn dish soap and I don't know if he ate any. Oh and she gosh. was kind of freaking out. She's like, I'm on the phone with like Dawn and all that stuff and poison control. And I was like, and this is kind of like the dad that I am. I People might be like, man, you're a dick. But I was like, I really don't think you have to be worried. One, the kid's a really picky eater. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not, if he doesn't like the taste of like foods, he's, he's not, not going to like soap. the taste of soap. Right. So point one. Point two, the body naturally rejects any type of soap. So it's like, if you ingest it, it's going to come out one of two ends and it's going to come out real quick. Right. So it's like, ah, he'll be fine. One of those things. Um, <laughs> but it's a calculated, ah, he'll be fine. Right. Um, if he got into the bleach, I'd be like, yeah, take that kid, like get that kid's stomach pumped and just keep feeding him milk or uh, water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, just so people don't know I'm a shit dad. Uh <laughs> I do love the little guy, but I feel like it's a thing that like I want to be a better dad, and, right? Uh, I want to be a better husband, and through that is coming more discipline. And um, in January, I probably hadn't been to the gym in close to six, seven years. Yeah, um, and I was like, this kid just started crawling on New Year's Eve. And he's going to be walking soon. He just started walking a couple months ago. Yeah. And he is fast. Yeah. And so in January, I was like, I got to be able to keep up with this kid. So, because he is so much freaking energy. So, um, I think that's where a lot of my discipline came from. It's like, I don't have any other time of the day to go to the gym. I'm not a morning person, but I got to go in the morning. Yeah. And I got to do this because I want to keep up with him and throw a ball with him. I don't want to be a fat dad. And I want to do camping trips with him. And I want to do, like, all this cool stuff that a dad and his son should do. Yeah. And I'm so excited for it. And that's my motivation. And I want my wife to be 
a proud mom and a proud yeah. wife, and I want her to feel loved all the time. And like her son is being loved by her husband. So that's my motivation for discipline. Yeah. I swear I am not perfect at it, but um, I am trying to clench down on it. Yeah. So that's why did I resist discipline? I have no idea. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a 29-year-old child, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's Um, kind of funny that a child made you become disciplined. Seriously. The irony. It's a lot of responsibility. But it's like, it's not like out of an obligation that like you want to be better. It's like, this kid deserves so much. And it's like, who am I to rob him of like the cool childhood that he could have? And I understand. Some people catch like a bad... Like, they don't have a childhood. Or they're robbed of their childhood or something like that. Yeah. It's like, that sucks. And sometimes that is just, like, the hand that you're dealt. Yeah. But it's like, this kid has the opportunity to have a really freaking awesome childhood. And I want to make sure that I can provide that as best I can by being yeah. a present dad who makes sure that he knows that he's loved and taken care of, but who also won't, like... If you're going to go, like run into like a thorn bush or something like that. I might be like, let's just see what happens. And let's see if he does it again. Yeah. I don't know. Not not being a douche, but it's like, yeah, he won't do that again. Right. So, but if he's running towards a fire, yeah, I'll pick him up. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've just painted a terrible picture of myself as a father. No, but you're a good dad. We'll see. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see in a couple decades. <laughs> That's true. So, all right. So... Onto three. It's more of a point um, yes. that I made per what you had written. To lack discipline is to ignore ourselves, i.e., uh, to not take care of ourselves. Um, yes. I don't know if that needs unpacked or if that's good as it stands. I mean, to me, you know, to lack discipline is to ignore ourselves in reality. It's kind of the only unpacking that really needs to be done with that is to know that. If you can get this awareness in your life to be able to have a little bit of space when things happen to you, if you can create a little bit of space to be like, oh, this is happening and I have feelings and emotions that surround that. And if you can create just a little bit of space and see that this situation is kind of, it's not all situations and things change and shift and move in life all the time. Um, you're usually able to then make a disciplined decision that moves you forward, hopefully, as opposed to ignoring yourself and reality. So, like, to me... <sighs> Can I rephrase real quick? Sure. Okay, because cause that, that was, like, a really trash way I wrote that. <laughs> um I'll take the IE part of that as opposed to the first part. Okay. So essentially to lack discipline is to not take care of ourselves. So while lacking discipline in some sense does take care of yourself like from like a primal right like like sense like Sigmund Freud has a thing I guess going on the psychology thing is you have like the ego and the id and the super ego and right. stuff like that. And like the id is like all the crazy like primordial instincts that you may have and yep. uh, I won't go into all the other stuff um, but 
it's like you're kind of taking care of that, I feel like, by lacking discipline. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go, like, I don't know, pound a couple shots, hang out with some friends. Right. Go get a little crazy type thing. Um, I'm going to sleep in as long as I want, not really keep a schedule and stuff. And while that's cool in some regard and it has its own place, uh, should it be part of your everyday? I don't know. I think that's uh, that should be left for a little bit more reflection. Right. But when I say to take care of ourselves, I mean to do something in uh, a way that truly is uh, taking care of yourself in a healthy manner. Right. Yep. Um, so to lack discipline is to not take care of ourselves. Right. As opposed to ignore ourselves. Because I, I, you're not ignoring yourself, I promise you. You are very much <laughs> catering to yourself and uh, desires and everything else that you want to do. Yeah. But is it actually caring for yourself? Right, yeah. And this is important because to me, in order for you to, and you know, not you specific, but everyone listening, yeah. like in order... <clears throat> for you to be able to become a whole happy human who creates whatever it is they're supposed to create and share with us and with everyone, you have to take care of yourself. And if you're not 100%, then it's really hard to take care of others. And this is something that has taken me a long time to understand is that I am only able to do my best work and have the healthiest of relationships when I have first taking care of myself and Mm -hmm. faced my reality of like, these are the things I struggle with. These are the things that aren't great for my life. These are the things that are great in my life and making, you know, making the acknowledgement that there are things I do that are great. And there are things in my life that I do that aren't great. And I don't ignore those anymore. I question them and I usually think Hmm. I'm curious about them. Like, well, that's interesting. (laughs) Like, why do I do that? Or why do I always, Mm -hmm. when this person calls me to do a session, I always squirm in my chair. Like, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, and is that something on me that's triggering something or is that something on them that's happened? Is that a, is that something in the relationship? That's a healthy response though. Yeah. I mean, that's a healthy response. Like, like, you have the squirm, but then to ask yourself why you squirm like that, right? And that's a healthy response. Yeah. So I think that's to me the the taking care of yourself. You know, acknowledges you, and it kind of creates that space of like mm-hmm. there may be things we all do that we don't like about ourselves, and we don't need to shame and guilt ourselves or let other people do that. But that doesn't, you know, leave you off the hook from having to be responsible or that the things we do don't, you know, they all have consequences of some sort. But unless you're willing to, like, really acknowledge where you're at currently in life and then figure out, like, how you can improve upon yourself and heal yourself and what I'll call taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to be a great person. Like you won't, your, your relationships will have a wall. Your work will be full of insecurity and fear. You'll probably live a life that's full of like scarcity and that everybody's out to get you. And that is a really stressful, anxious way to live life. And I think there's a direct response to, 
you know, I was I was raised like being a good person means you like lay down your life for everybody and you're just always giving and helping and serving and loving and while that's true, you also if you're a, a miserable human at the end of the day and you hate your life and existence, then none of that matters. You know, it doesn't work. <laughs> so you have to take care of yourself first and become a healed person and a whole person before you can really go and help another person. Um, you know, it's I have like, an interesting yeah. interjection. Go. Um, Interject. Sorry for cutting you off. No. I always do this, but I... I like your interjections. Good. Come I like on. this one, too. Great. So my good friend, Kevin Brushard, who's also a producer, yeah. um, <clears throat> he said in an interesting season of his life, um, he specifically said to me, he said, Matt, do you know why on an airplane they tell you to put on your mask before helping others? And I was like, I do, but I want to see where this is going. And he said, and it's very, like, existential and fantastic. Yeah. He said, because you're of no use to anybody if you can't breathe. Exactly. And I've used that in so many parts of my life, and that's going to be a really cool bridge into the next part, but I'll let you finish what you were going to say. No, that's... I mean, that's that's <clears throat> me to a T. When I... Yeah. One of the times I went to counseling, that was one of the first things uh, a couple of years ago, the new counselor I had here in town, like, he was like, you're the person on the airplane who helps everybody else, and then you pass out and die. Like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. that's you. And I was like, yeah, that is me. And he's like... You're no, you're useless. Like you're actually a burden to other people, and by you dying, you're causing, like, <laughs> you're causing pain on other people. Like, take care of yourself, then take care of others, and learn too. Like, one of the big things I've learned over the last few years, and this goes into discipline, is like, I'm not responsible for anyone at the end of the day. Like, I truly believe I'm not responsible for anyone's happiness. I'm not responsible for anybody's. Uh, well-being, and that doesn't mean you get to be a crappy person to people, but I'm not responsible for, like, my wife to feel happy all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's... It's codependency. Yeah, exactly. And that, I think, is a big thing that people run into, you know, in life is codependency, and I see it in the music industry, codependency on people's, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, Matt, on the side of, like, at least I notice this, like codependency on someone's program or ebook or codependency on someone else's success. And you really like in the music industry, you need to such an interesting way of not, looking at it. I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's that's the way I've been viewing it lately. I mean, I just I wrote a blog that's coming out on Monday, which by the time we'll this do a episode, podcast about it. We yeah, can't we can't there we go. Yeah. But that to me is like until I saw this clarity within my life that then pointed directly to my business of like, I need people to, to give me music so I can make a living off of it, but I can't mm -hmm. be codependent on the success of someone else. Like, and that's a, it's a hard balance to figure out and to navigate that. And that's mm -hmm. a whole other podcast probably in itself. But I think that to me, like I am always, you know, I want to go back to my wife because I struggled with codependency when we first got married 
because my wife just loves taking care of me and she's so good at that and she's always been good at taking care of people. She has a gift in hospitality, I think, mm. and other people think so too. But it got to the point where like I <coughs> needed to be with my wife all the time. You know, it was like I was a child almost. <laughs> like I would work and she would take care of me and it was in an unhealthy place to where like if I wasn't with my wife, I would be anxious and stressed out. And, you know, a few years ago, like, I started having this mindset shift that I think has helped me immensely. And I've only told a couple people about it. And it's not even a new idea. I just ask myself always, like, what would an adult do? Like, hmm. <laughs> because often we get in these roles and relationships, and even within the music world of, like, you get chores or things you do. So, like, my wife usually does the laundry, um, you know, and so there are times when like we're busy and the laundry doesn't get done and I can either get like pissed off and be like, well, your job's laundry because I take out trash or I can just ask myself, man, if I was a single adult living alone, like I would do my own laundry. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like this isn't weird. And I'm always now, it's like a mantra I have of like, what would an adult do in this situation? Anytime I get bitter or frustrated with someone, I'm like, you know what? Am I mad at them because they're not doing something I technically should probably be doing anyway, like, or mm -hmm. I would have to do? And usually the answer is yes. Like, <laughs> if I didn't have a wife, I would have to do everything on my own, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that is what being an adult and being disciplined is. Being disciplined to me is, like, just doing life and doing the things that need to be done. Like at the end of the day, if the dishwasher needs loaded and I'm tired, like the discipline is I go load the dishwasher and then that's that. And I'm always yep. grateful that I did that. <laughs> so my wife won't let me do laundry. She says I turn her clothes into doll clothes. So yes, I used to do that. Dodged that bullet. See, but I learned the discipline of <laughs> learning how to do the laundry. So I spent oh, time. I, it's like, it's a thing. And then she's like, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, okay. I know how to do laundry. I just, <laughs> I promise. I don't separate everything. I just throw everything in. You throw it on cold. You don't got to worry about any bleeding or anything. Right. You're good. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, turn my clothes into doll clothes. Right. So don't be codependent on people. Be an adult and be disciplined. You can do it. Like, that doesn't mean you don't have people in your life to help you. But I think we often push the blame on our situations in life on other people or other things that have happened to us and we lack the discipline to once again, like we're ignoring really ourselves and ignoring reality. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of, you know, don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so segue. Segway. Unpack the art of saying no. Okay, cool. So saying no to me is a really hard thing that I used to struggle with, but now no has become one of my favorite. As in you saying no to other people, yeah. not people saying no to you. No, yeah. So like, <laughs> saying no to me. <laughs> yeah. People say no to me all the time. No. Banks. Um, basically, I mean, I, I'm, I really like raised people pleaser at the core and mm -hmm. taught, you know, like I just said, to like always be serving, always be doing, always be loving, always be giving. Um, and essentially that exhausts you. You get burnt out. You get frustrated because you have to take care of yourself. 
But learning to say no to me or learning to say no in my life has become the most freeing thing because um, it allows me to do what I want to do. And I want to say that with like parentheses because it can sound selfish, but learning how to say no is how you take care of yourself because there Mm. are plenty of times once again, where I'll get an invite to go do something that sounds awesome. And maybe it is a cool opportunity. Like, Hey, I've got tickets to this artist cause I got a comp and we can go backstage and blah, blah, blah. And I may already have plans that night or I may know like, man, I just put in eight hours and I'm exhausted And the last thing I need to do is go out. And what I actually need to do is just like go on a walk, eat some dinner, read a book and go to bed because the next Mm -hmm. day I have work again. And I think it just all points to like, you know, it's FOMO, it's fear missing out for me and saying no, saying no has this ability to like, you know, take back the power in your life to where you're dictating your schedule and your life and your time and you're respecting yourself and what you need to actually do as opposed to giving in to everybody else in the world's demands and what they want from you. Because people will always want something from you. Even when they invite you to go do something, it's because they don't want to be alone. You know, most like at the end of the day, because it is fun to go do things with people. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying almost everything we do and say is a direct, uh, is directly tied into what we want someone to do or to see or notice in us. Like, I truly believe in that. And there's nothing wrong with it. But that's just to me part of reality is like, we, when we, speak about things we're vocalizing our wants needs and desires and Mm -hmm. I think if you are unable to say no to things you're going to be you're going to feel like you're pulled in a thousand different ways you're always going to feel like you don't have enough time in life you're going to have a sense of urgency and one of like the the mottos or mantras I tell myself every day is like your urgency is not my urgency and that to me has changed my whole life. And I'm sure I didn't make that up, but I don't know where I heard it if I did hear it somewhere. <laughs> but it really is a freeing thing because in the music industry, like people email me all the time about things that are going on that really have nothing to do with me. And it's up to me to learn how to say no and be like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Or this doesn't seem like it concerns me. Um, And at first you may think, man, that seems like a jerky thing to say. But in reality, most of the time, like it really doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, I'm a master engineer. So like if you're having, if you're having troubles with the mixer or the band, like signing off on the mixes and you're a mixer coming to me being like the band's being kind of like, you know, they're being like, stupid about the mixes I'm like I don't care like (laughs) I don't know what you want me to do with that and that's often that's one of like one of the best things I've learned to say to people when they like tell me a bunch of things I usually say like what would you like me to do with that like what do you want me to do Hmm. with it do you you know and most of the time they don't have even a response they're just like I don't need you to do anything and then you're like okay well why did you have to give me all this baggage like this has nothing to do with me and like I know you just needed to vent but 
this seems like something you need to deal with, you know, with your client, not me. So it's, I don't know, like... You're way more diplomatic than that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... I guess to me, like, I just... I feel (laughs) like if you're unable to say no, you're essentially letting everyone else run your life. And that's not a fun place to be in because I've done that. It creates burnout and you feel like you're always missing out and you feel like you're stressed and you feel like you never have enough time. And in reality, you have plenty of time. You've just given away all your power to everybody Hmm. else to dictate your life. And once you do that, like, it can be really hard to take back the power because then you have this fear of, well, if I always say no to this person, then they're not going to be my friend anymore. And what I've learned is, like, when I started saying no to people, there was probably, like, five or five or so people that I literally am not friends with anymore. They don't invite me to anything anymore. And that's fine because those things I would, I would go to, like parties or, you know, random pop events or something, like, nothing ever happened there anyway. Like, it was not... <laughs> it was a party. It was people getting hammered and and name-dropping and... Ugh, it was just like ego stroking and there wasn't yeah. anything good and when I started saying no over and over again eventually those people stopped inviting me to, to those things and that was great like it was good it was good for me because those things were adding next to zero value to my life and people begin to respect you a lot more when you're willing to say no like I pretty much do not work Saturday Sundays at all anymore and I really don't work at night. I cut off at like 6 p.m. or 5 every day. And I started telling my clients that like, hey, I need, you know, three to five business days. I even had a phone call day where I explained to the guys like it's three to five days turnaround, but that doesn't include Saturday and Sunday. Like those are not part of my days. So if you give it to Mm -hmm. me Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll get it back to you Wednesday you know, five days essentially or four-ish. And that's something, when I said that to him today, he was like, are you serious? But he said it in a good way of like, no one does that in the music industry. (laughs) He was Mm -hmm. like, you take Saturday, Sunday. He was like, that's so good. He's like, I can't believe you do that. I was like, yeah, it's just a choice I made. You know, I train my clients now. Like, I don't work Saturday, Sunday. Maybe I do twice a year you know, on a rare occasion. But if I am, I'm Mm -hmm. taking a day off at a different time during the week to make up for that because I want to live a life where I'm quote-unquote in control As and, you know, I'm a believer that we're really not in control of much, but I have at least the ability to either keep my power, respect myself and what I need as human, or I can always let other people dictate my life, which is usually like, not really what I want to be doing, you know? A lot of the things I would do would be based out of fear of missing out. And that's just a terrible place to live from. Because once I got to the place, I was like, oh, man, I wish I was at home watching The Office in my pajamas. Like, (laughs) I wish I wasn't wearing, like, skin-tight black jeans with a leather jacket, 90-degree heat in a venue right now trying to be cool. Like... (laughs) I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> exactly. See, you're smart. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm never that cool. Right. But see, Nashville will make you do that or think you need okay. to do that to be cool and get work. But you don't have to do that. <laughs> A guy like me wouldn't look good in that anyway. <laughs> I don't know. You might. It might make you feel really cool for a minute. No, I, 
I'd, I'd, I'd have circulation cut off to parts I like. Exactly. See, that's why I want to wear my pajamas. My, you can just wear pajamas to a club. Just call them soft clothes. Do you be like, what's that rapper who did that thrift shop thing? Uh, Macklemore. The thrift shop song. Ryan yeah, just be like yeah. Macklemore. Yeah. You um, wore like footy pajamas in half that music video. I know. He's a trendsetter. So... That's why you need to learn how to say no. Hopefully that unpacked it. That was kind of a long-winded answer, but almost everything. I, I think it unpacked it. Everything and also I the thing on weekends, weekends are freaking awesome. Oh, I love weekends. And I have gotten I have gotten people who have been like, dude, good for you, you're taking the weekend off. And it's really only happened recently. Yeah. Um, the only time I will work on the weekends is if my wife and kid are – if she goes down to see her parents or something like that or out of town or whatnot, and I just was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that's really the only time that I'll work and be like, well, I might as well make money. <laughs> it's like I always have the option to do that. And that's the cool thing about mastering is it's like 100% like predicated on you putting in the work. Right. And I guess anything really in the music business, but it's like I don't really need the client to make this work. I like just need their track and right. so long as everything's communicated well it's like all right yeah I'll go make money today yeah so yeah but yeah besides that I normally say no to the weekend <laughs> I've been liking it it's great so okay is having discipline to actually have freedom uh I think yes so to me freedom Freedom to me is all about essentially having, I think it's so much to do with mental and emotional freedom. Um, And what I mean by that is like when I am not disciplined, my brain is usually going like a million miles an hour and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to like solve things by either eating, drinking, or partying or hanging out with people or something. I'm trying to solve, solve an issue, which is like, I'll go back to hungry, tired, or lonely. Um, I think, to me, true freedom is knowing that I am taking care of myself, and the way I take care of myself is by being disciplined. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a hard concept to grasp until you start implementing discipline, such as like working out to me is a discipline that has taken me almost 10 years to accept that I need to do that like three to four times a week. And the reason I need to do that is because I am A, healthier, and B, I'm mentally sharper, and it really seems to like clear the cobwebs of any sort of like, if I feel sad, I can just go like do a cardio <laughs> session of like 30 minutes on the stairs. Yeah. And by the time I'm done, like after that sweat, I mean, I know the science behind it, which is like endorphins release and hormones are secreted and... I don't like the word secreted, but that's what's happening. <laughs> and you feel good, you know? And there's you probably just made at least one person cringe. I know. I apologize. But that's, you know, the, the quick science behind it. But I know when I work out, I am a better person. Now, that's a discipline that, like, there's plenty of days where I'm like, gosh, I have to go to the gym again. And until I became a person who, like, started to accept things of, like, you know what? this is just part of my life. Like, I need to accept this. I have so much resistance against this because it's like my fat child screaming, like, 
no, let's be lazy and like let's get comfort by watching a movie instead and stuffing my face with pizza. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the child underneath kicking and screaming against going to the gym. Um, because the gym for me is hard. It's always been hard. And even now that I've accepted that I go and I've been, you know, really good about it the last like five years, it's a part of my life. I can't imagine not going, you know, three, four times a week. It's still hard. And I think that's yeah. the thing with discipline is like it gets easier in that to me there's less resistance against it and there's more acceptance with with the discipline. And then if you can get some space and some momentum going, then you see the fruit that comes from it, you know? So with working out, you know, the fruit for me is I, I usually operate better. I work better. I'm more clear headed. I'm happier and I'm healthier. Mm. And all those things are taking care of myself, which then allows me to be a better husband, be a better friend, probably be a better mastering engineer, you know, because I'm not going to die at 50 from a heart attack, heart attack because I'm, you know, I'm active and, and I, it's less junk to worry about. Clears your mind exactly, out. Exactly. Yeah. And I always find that whenever I have a clearer mind, I definitely am able to, like, if nothing else, I'm not distracted. Right. Exactly. So that to me, you know, the the discipline creates the freedom to then take care of yourself and be a better person. And I found so much joy in my rituals that I do every morning, which is like I, you know, now I have a puppy, so. I now wake up and take my puppy out. We go on a walk. I feed him. I do all the morning stuff with him first. And then I'll eat and I'll meditate. And then I usually like write in my, I call it a journal. It's not a, it's not like a journal or diary, but I write down kind of, you know, what I'm grateful for and affirmations, which is basically just reminding myself that I'm a good human and that, you know, there's no urgency in today. And then I write kind of write out my, my daily, what I'm going to do that day just to have clarity. Mm -hmm. And all those things, you know, that's taken me, I started doing that about three years ago and it took, there's plenty of days where I didn't do it. And there's plenty of times that I didn't want to do those things. But the more I do them, once again, the fruit I see that comes from that is undeniable. Mm -hmm. Like I'm way more present. I'm way more happy. I live, I view the world in a much better uh, lens that it's not all damned going to hell on fire. Like yeah. I, my relationships are better. Once again, my work is better. My, the way I handle stress is better. And it comes from the discipline of doing those things every morning. It takes like an hour and 45 minutes, like, mm -hmm. but it's that important to where, you know, I will always probably do that because it's, it gives me such value and such kind of depth in my life. And that to me over the last few years has become something I've really worked on. It's like, I want a really like deep, wide life. Like I don't want superficial. I'm no longer looking for like the quick fix. I want to go through the process. I want to sit in the uncomfortableness of life and pain. And I want to look at it and I want to ask questions to it. And I want to be okay with not knowing the answer I don't want to live a life of impulse and a life that lacks discipline because it just, it didn't, I was a person who lacked so much discipline. It just didn't get me anywhere that I thought it would, you know, I eventually yeah. found myself just miserable, depressed, stressed when I lacked discipline. And I thought, 
I thought the whole time that the freedom of going out and partying and hanging out with people and working, just keep your head down, keep going, don't ever take a break because that's what you do. You hustle and grind and that whole culture, like I thought that was the key to being like healthy and whole and happy and it mm. left me just super broken, depressed, sad, anxious, stressed. And, you know, for me, it got to a point where I just I couldn't function anymore. I was just a miserable person for like a good six months <laughs> a few years ago. I never understood the whole hustle thing and the whole like on my grind and stuff like that. It's just, a, to me, it's just an urgency thing. It's all driven well, yeah, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the fear of missing out on something to me. Yeah, like I, under, I understand that, but like I never understood like the psychology behind it of like why you would do it because it's like, there, it's so short term yeah. that there is absolutely zero benefit in it, and it's like the, nothing about it is built to to be long lasting. Yeah. And it's like, well, I do like Gary Vee and what he says. I don't agree with a lot of his stuff, like how to live your life. Like, it's not right. And the human body is not built to run 18 hours a day. Yeah. There are certain people who have certain personalities who can make that work. But if you're going to want to like, have a productive life that is fulfilling and whatnot, outside of just working and building businesses and everything else, you're not going to be able to work 18-hour days. And right. if you're going to want to be a good mom or dad or husband or wife you're not going to be able to do 18-hour days, and you're not going to want to. Yeah. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing fruitful outside of work right. that will really come of that. And I understand where he's coming from when he says it, and I'm not trying to take something out of context. Right. But it's like you have to have some moderation. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more, Sam. One more. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> So this is the involved portion that I did include you on before we started this little interview. Yes. Um, I wanted to make sure that we left everyone with a bit of a takeaway. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you have all of this of unpacking the balance of freedom and discipline from a childish perspective. Why do we as people resist discipline? Um, uh, to lack discipline is essentially to not take care of ourselves. Um, and then unpacking the art of saying no and is having discipline to actually have freedom. Yeah. Um, so what's the takeaway from all of this? And what I asked Sam to do before uh, we started was I want you to make a list of five ways right now people could build some discipline into their life. Yeah. And I'm going to try some. And <laughs> it'd be cool if like... We should have. We should make like a Facebook group or something like that, and just like, hey, is anyone trying this? Or are right. we full of shit? <laughs> like, it would just it just be interesting to know. Yes. So it's like, okay, so five ways that you could build discipline into your life right now. Go. Okay. So just to conclude, because I'm just going to kind of go down what I wrote down here. To me, yeah. these are like the most important things in my life right now that have helped me get discipline. And this is a uh, a preface to the five. So okay. I want everybody to know that life is very long. 
and it's a journey. And that, to me, discipline is achieved via depth over quantity and quickness. So you need to have lots of patience. And within the patience, you have to be super, super, super gracious with yourself, which we've already talked about. But I want to hit that home because before I give you five things that may help you with your discipline, you will fail most likely. And to me, like I almost don't even look at failure as a failure anymore. It's more of just like, ah, uh, that's interesting. Once again, like, why did I do that? And then I learn from yeah. it. But with everything we try to implement and change in our life, we always have to be gracious with ourselves because once again, like we've never done this life. So unless, you know, you you continually make the same mistake over and over again, which a lot of us do, um, you know, there's no reason why you should be an expert on life and discipline already. It's it's meant to take time and it's meant to require uh, something from us. And that's, to me, like all great things require us uh, to give up or sacrifice or implement or discipline. So I just want to make sure everybody hears that still, like be super gracious. And mm-hmm. then the main thing to me is like taking care of yourself and choosing what you want to do and don't be a people pleaser and don't give away your power. So those are like the things you have to always, to me, be thinking about when you're trying to attempt discipline. So the more tangible things to me that I kind of wrote down was like, number one, so simple but hard is like get rid of the things that get in the way, that tempt you. Hmm. And maybe a better way to look at that is to implement the idea of one thing at a time. So to me, this idea, and it, and it leads into my point number two, which is like you need to have, to me, like slogans, mantras, rituals, things you can train your brain to go to, to when you are tempted to do something or go left when you should go right, um, that your brain can jump to. So to me, like the way I got rid of things that tempt me, such as like, wanting to stuff my face with pizza when I'm tired or if I'm stressed with work, like go out and drink five cocktails and forget about it. Like the thing I always would ask myself is like, A, I need to do one thing at a time and B, like, am I done? Like, is is this going to move me forward essentially? And if the answer is no, then I don't do the thing. And the one thing at a time thing is more so lines up with like my calendar. of Like if it's not in my calendar, I don't do it. And that's a discipline within itself. So instead of just trying to take things out of your life, it may be better to map out in a calendar what you actually want to do with your life. And I think that's a big like shift for people because the only time I really do things I, I don't really want to do is usually when I'm bored or I haven't like put in my calendar what I really want to do. Does that make sense? Mm. So like if my day is all scheduled out and I just go down that list, then I know like the day essentially will be quote unquote perfect. And that's what I started doing. And then by doing that, just one thing at a time going down the list, like the temptations, I didn't even have to get rid of them because they weren't even an option. Does that make sense? Mm. So you could still put a pizza next to me, but if I wrote in my calendar, like I'm having a kale chicken salad with my wife, the pizza's not even on my radar. Like it's like it may be like, oh, there's pizza. Oh, but 
my next one thing I'm supposed to do, one thing at a time, is eat a kale chicken salad with my wife. And if there is a pizza next to me, yeah. and if there is a kale chicken salad on my calendar, <laughs> there would no longer be a kale chicken salad on my calendar. See, so then maybe you have to get rid of the pizza for for a portion. No, I just made I just made a life choice. Like a life choice had just happened there. There you go. But that's my first thing is like get rid of the things that tempt you. If you don't want to like clear out your life, then schedule your life one thing at a time on things you actually want to focus on and like improve upon. That's helped me. And that leads into like number 2, which is like have a a ritual, a mantra, a slogan, a motto anything such as one thing at a time or like for me it's your urgency is not my urgency has been a huge game changer as I mentioned but having those things ready to go is kind of like equipping yourself to deal with whatever life you know may toss at you so that's my number two number three is a big one and it's going to take it takes a lot of time but it's choosing action over emotion so for me I've worked really hard on seeing that feelings and emotions come and go. And one of the ways I've been able to like really choose action over emotion is to like write out my feelings and emotions and then choose the action that I want to do instead, if that makes sense. So like if I'm feeling, I'm just going to keep going back to food because food is like my love in my life. And it's always my biggest struggle of like, if I can just eat pizza all day, I think in my head I'd be happy, but I'd be miserable. So <laughs> I feel like if I want to eat pizza, I just write out, I want to eat pizza because I'm hungry. But eating pizza actually won't get me to where I'm taking care of myself. It'll just make me really tired and want to go to bed. And then I'll feel bloated. And I actually, real life, do have a gluten intolerance. Got that tested. That's a real thing for me. And it just makes me feel really crummy. So... I choose that. I choose to write it out. As soon as I write those things out, I kind of look at it and it all becomes really childish of like, I want to eat a pizza because I'm tired. And then I read that and I'm like, well, that seems like something a 10-year-old would do. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm not a 10-year-old. I'm a 30-year-old man who's married with a house and a business. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to choose that. So I would write things out. As soon as you write things out, they almost always lose their power and novelty And this Mm. allows you, to me, like, on a more psychological level, things that used to scare me, such as, like, am I good enough? Is the business going to collapse? Is money going to keep coming in? Am I a good husband? When I would write those things out, they would start to lose power. And when I would write them out, then I would ask it the question always of, like, why do I feel this way? How interesting that I would think I'm a bad husband. Where is that coming from? And as soon as I started to do that, I realized, like, I'm not really scared of these things. They're just all kind of floating in my head from either past things I've been taught or past hurts. And as soon as I get them out of my head, it's amazing how freeing that is. So try writing out your emotions, feelings, and things that you are tempted with. And I almost promise you, like, they're going to lose their power and novelty over time if you keep doing that. So that's, uh, hmm. that's number three. Number four is like getting into a rhythm or a flow. I'm a huge believer that we are supposed to make things and then take breaks with things. I think that's built into every day. Like this isn't even like a uh, 
a woo-woo or spiritual thing. Like we go to bed every day for a reason because our bodies literally need rest. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's built into us hardwired to rest. And I think for me, like having a schedule and a flow um, really creates discipline. And so like we were just talking about, like I take Saturday and Sunday off. That's part of my flow of like, I could work Saturday, Sunday, and essentially in theory do more work but I actually have found the more time I take off, I actually do better work and I'm more focused and more recharged because I'm not spread out so thin. And we're in a culture right now that, like, once again, this hustle grind, do work, spread yourself super thin, diversify, do everything to try and make money. Like, that's all a bunch of crap and it's all like, there's no sustainability to it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to leave you just like super burnt out. So to me, you know, number four is like get in a flow, get in routine. It goes back to number one, which is like scheduling things in your calendar. I'm huge on calendar, if you can't tell. <laughs> like it, it's just such a freeing thing to know what you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, the calendar gives you the power to say no. You know, it all points back to like, if someone asks me to do something, I just look at my calendar and I go, well, no, I can't because I already have this scheduled. And it's simple as that. Or sometimes yeah. there's nothing scheduled there, but I go, no, I just don't want to do that. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> you know, and that's it. So then that's that. You don't have to like defend yourself. That's another thing. This is totally side changing. Don't defend yourself to people. Like your life is your life. Make your choices because you want to make them. You don't owe anybody an explanation on why you can't go out or go to their show or show up to something like you just don't. You don't have to take care of them in that way. And if you feel like you have to or like, oh, that would never work with my relationships or my family, like there's much bigger issues in there that you'll need to yeah. unpack somewhere. But that's a whole other day of talking. <laughs> so number five. Uh, number five points back to how I started it, which is what I wanted to do before we went through the five is be gracious and realize that you've never done this life and that you shouldn't have it all figured out. It's all a gift, and if you approach it that way, many of these things that keep us enslaved lose their power immediately. So mm-hmm. until you're willing to be gracious with yourself, until you're willing to say to yourself, like, hey, guess what? I've never ran a business before, so stuff's probably going to come up, and then when, they, when it comes up, I'm going to deal with it in a healthy way instead of like an uh, unhealthy way, which would be like, eat your feelings, get drunk, run away from your problems. Like that's what a child does. So don't do that. But be gracious and realize that everything that comes to you is here to like help you grow and learn and expand and be taught. And you always have a choice in life. Every Everything we encounter, like you have the choice to either move forward, even things that are hard in life, like allow it to break you open and you can heal from that and become like a more expansive person or you can decide to shrink and move backwards. And shrinking and moving backwards is really not the answer because to me, life only moves one way and that's forward. Like all our documentation just shows the world moves forward. It doesn't move backwards. So really the best choice for you is to move forward and realize that like everything we get to do is a gift and that you know, if we appreciate, if we become more grateful for our work, and just even the ability to have discipline in our life, to have the freedom to choose discipline, 
then a lot of things that keep dragging us down or that we circle back to to soothe us, they they lose their power quickly. So, you know, one through five, it's a lot of mindset. It's about choosing, you know, choosing to focus on the things you really want to do in life. It's having things prepared, equipping yourself with a mantra or like a slogan. It's choosing action over emotion and it's getting in a flow and a routine and a calendar. And while doing all that, being super, super gracious with yourself, knowing that this is going to take a lot of time and that you need to be patient. But I can promise you it is so, so worth it to have discipline in your life. So a lot of people that are listening, the thing you probably need in your life is discipline. Um, And until you learn that, it's going to be a struggle. And I found that as soon as I laid down this, my my childish uh, hurts and pains and, and began to embrace discipline and taking care of myself and taking back my power um, of, of kind of running my own life, everything in my life got better. It's kind of counter, counter thinking or productive to think mm-hmm. that taking care of yourself actually helps you take care of other people better, but it's a true thing. I know it to be true, and I'm not the original, like, creator of anything I've said today. (laughs) So it's, you know, this is all stuff I've learned and, you know, been passed passed down. So those are, that's my takeaway for people. Like just implement things and be super gracious and know that it's going to take time. And as soon as you acknowledge all that, it all gets easier and the disciplines become a joy to do each day. And that can I wrap with a quote yes. that you ended with? Yes, go. I do like this. If you embrace discipline, you realize that you are unstoppable and that you are no longer a slave to life, but you are its master. Absolutely. That's it. That's kind of cool. It is cool. I wrote that. There is real power <laughs> in freedom. Yeah, there is. Cool. And in discipline. <clears throat> yep. That's all I got. Cool, man. Well, thanks for putting that blog post together. I'll try to remember whenever that launches to link that in with the description of everything so yeah. that people can easily find that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we did this episode. I am too. Thanks for asking cool. me questions. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being cool with the interview style. Oh, you're welcome. That was kind of fun. Definitely. So you have anything else for the people out in the world? Uh, I don't think so. Other than maybe whatever you're having, have a disciplined one. Oh, it's so bad. That was really bad. Uh, I'm not going to cut it out, though. Once again, on the Jeremy Clarkson thing, it's like, and on that bombshell. (laughs) There we go. (sighs) Morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. Cue the music, Sam. Cueing. Take care. Take care.